sit here examining this life you've given me I'm so unworthy but it's not what I have done it's what you my Lord have won upon the tree your righteousness for me As long as there's light, as long as there's breath, we will remember your... All right, Crosspoint, good morning. All right, it's nice to hear the energy in the room. Everyone's awake this morning. We are excited to worship today. Uh, we are excited every Sunday, but... Particularly today is just a good day to worship. It's exciting. You may have noticed that we've been cycling some new faces up here through praise teams. So it is exciting to be able to have new people come up with opportunities to serve the Lord. So would you stand and worship with us this morning? Here I am to worship.
Hallelujah. 
Father, Lord, we lift up your name this morning. The invitation at church, though the sermon hasn't even presented, is still the same, Lord. You have called all men to come unto yourself, Lord. And we pray that this morning, through the songs, through your word, through a time of invitation, even later, Lord, that you would draw all people in this room to yourself, Lord, to be more like you, to just to dwell on you, to make you Lord of their life, Father. We pray that you would receive the glory from what's said sung and done here this morning. Would you be with us and Pastor Scott as he opens your word, and may we have ears to hear in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. I am personally excited to be here this morning as we get to see old friends, new friends, and church members. We come together like this. You will have Noticed over, uh, I think, a couple weeks ago in our praise band, I mentioned when Taylor was up here playing the bass that our, the average age of our praise team was getting lower. This week, the average height of our praise team is going up. So we appreciate Ben um, having a desire to want to play and also a desire to use it for the Lord. And that is, um, uh, at his age, we are very, very encouraged by these areas, but it's all about our Lord, of course. So again, I, I'm excited. I, I can't, um, uh, it's a good day to be at Cross Point Baptist Church. Amen. All right. Now I'm not a hype man. I'm not going to hype you up. You got to, you got to amen on your own every now and again. So when you hear a truth out of the Bible, when you hear a truth, it's okay to say, amen. If you are not vocal, you don't want to be vocal about that. Here's the sign language for it. Watch Karen Stando. She can show you. This means amen too, okay? So if you, if, you're, if you hear a truth, amen. You want to affirm the word, okay? And I'm having you do that in honor of a dear friend of mine and a member of ours, Charles Jones. Charles is known for his amen um, um, and affirming the word. And I wanted to take this time now and share about Charles and about Charlie Ricky uh, as well. And my excitement kind of dovetails with those two over the last month, several weeks at least. Um, both of those men are in hospice care. One is in Anderson, uh, the other is home hospice. And um, they were um, looking at um, last days of being on this earth. It was very real. Um, it, uh, I was there for the doctors, pretty much on both of them, when they were sharing this information. And um, I've been sharing the information as, as I know it and as we uh, have witnessed it as well. And uh, many, many, many of you have visited Charles. I appreciate that. He appreciates that. And um, he was um, just in a spot sometimes like we all get in life where you can plan and prepare, plan and prepare, but then when it's happening, it can be sobering, can it? And um, I want you to know that where Charles was, uh, had grave uh, news and his health was, was not well, over the last week, he looks like a different person. He is so encouraging. I was with him yesterday and uh, so encouraging. He's looking forward, talking forward, and very, very appreciative of his Cross Point family. Thank you for all the visits and the calls and the cards that he received. He's very, very grateful. In fact, I showed him how to pull us up 
this morning on his phone once again. So we want to say welcome to those on Facebook, but also Charles Jones. If you would turn and wave to the camera, give Charles a, a cross point hello there. And the same kind of dovetails with Charlie Ricky. He's um, he just turned 89, I think, uh, and he's at home hospice, and um, he uh, his health was just declining. And man, I visited him yesterday and he looked phenomenal. In fact, when I left, his son had just brought in, he told his son, go get me two cheese conies with onions. <laughs> with onions. And I said, the most important part is it was Skyline, not Gold Star. But here's what I'm getting at. God's good. God is good. That's the God we serve. That's the God we want to introduce. We want to share with people. That's not just a God. There's only but one God. And one mediator between God, man, the man, Christ, Jesus. That's what we want to share with our world with, and, and live out in our lives. So turn with me to Acts chapter 17. I'm going to take a moment and explain why we're in Acts 17 again. Um, and I really already did all my apologizing to faith, uh, Faithful Life in that we, um, <clears throat> we uh, are going through it verse by verse. And there's a section I wanted to preach last week on purpose. And it was basically verses um, 16 through about 27. Why? Because it's an area where Paul is in an area is Athens. He's in a, he had been in Thessalonica. They had resisted the word then he's this is his second missionary journey and as he's traveling he goes to berea they receive the word you want to be in that group you want to receive the word of god what does it say what does it mean how do i apply it listen the the gospel message is not just um a a, a good thought it's also a command to be obeyed Believe. And then that this next area is Athens. And they are ridiculing. They were ridiculing. So that uh, kind of gets us to a certain area. They're in Greece. We're not going to, in Athens, we're not going to reiterate last week. But the, the one thing that we want to stand out and, and really help today is to draw application. Okay? Because... There they are in an area known as Areopagus, and these are big fancy terms. And they, but they had worship. They were worshiping things sometimes unbeknownst to them, but sometimes on purpose. They even they were they were polytheistic, meaning many gods. They had, in fact, it's there in the text in verses 23, 22, 23. And all these things that are made, these idols, they're worshiping everything and anything. But they were also pantheists, which means God can be in nothing, God can be in everything. God's, they didn't know where they were going. They were loose and they were floating out there as a people group. But they also thought they were very wise. They were very wise in their own eyes. So they even wanted to cover their base and have an altar known as an altar to the unknown God. And Paul says, that's the one, that's the God I want to introduce you to, the God that you don't know. Because the truth is, there's only one God. There's only one. There's not many. And you may think, well, Pastor Scott, how can you say that? Have you traveled the world? Have you been all over the world and seen all these cultures and, and how they worship and the things? They, Seven billion people and all of these. How do you know there's only one God? Because the Bible says it. Is it doesn't matter where I'm standing, the Bible says this absolute truth. So as they are talking about, Paul starts talking about to the unknown God, they, he, he wants to introduce them to that God and the way to get to that God. Listen, here's the, here's, here's the whole message summed up. Then we want to apply it to our lives today and perhaps our world. The whole message is to get to that one God is through Jesus Christ. It's through the one mediator between God and man. Not many paths, not many ways. So we will pick up in verse, well, actually we're going to pick up probably in verse 26 if we could. Verse 26, and then we're going to be turning to the book of John a little bit. We're going to be turning to other portions of scripture. 
But I want you to look with me in verse 26. And again, if, you're, if you missed last week, go back and catch it. We're not going to get you caught up. Acts 17, verse 26. It's very important that we understand and apply the truth of God's word. Listen, our world is out there is hopeless. You can see it in their eyes. Don't you, as a believer, as a genuine believer, don't you become hopeless. You have the hope. We have the hope. It can be heartbreaking when you see people that are, that are groping. We're going to look at that in verse 27. How they're groping to find what's true, what's hope, what's right. I don't know. And we, it, it can break your heart, but it's just as heartbreaking when we become that way when we already have the truth and the hope. We're just not living it out. Verse 26 is where we will pick up. Okay, so he's talking. I'm going to introduce you to the unknown God. And he talks to, and by the way, in verse 24, he goes back to creation. In verse 24, verse 25, he, he, the, the, we flip the script. The creator doesn't worship us. We worship the creator in verse 25. Verse 26, he talks about how, here's where we pick up. He has made from one blood every nation of man to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. We shared that verse last week. In other words, God hasn't lost a one. If you feel lost today, Facebook, if you feel lost today, you're, 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 you're floating out there in life, he knows exactly where you are. He knows you by name. By name. He even knows your middle name that only mama calls you by. He knows you. The Bible says in Luke that he's numbered the hairs on your head. He, that he, he knows you in detail. Now that can frighten you and should, but it also, also could warm your heart to know that somebody knows me. In a world that's lost, in a world that's, that's I don't know where to turn next. In a world where I can't trust anybody or anything, he knows you. He desires you. Watch what happens. He, in verse 26, he's saying he knows everybody in every place. The government of God is what Paul is building an argument. He's sharing with them. This isn't argument and debate 101 either. This is just truth. Okay. So what Paul is sharing is that he is the ruler. They, this area that he's in, in Athens, they, these Greeks in this area, they thought they were a special race. Paul said... He made one blood from out of every nation come one blood. They thought they had a special land. What did Paul say? God said pre-appointed times and their dwellings. We covered this just a little bit last week. He's not distance, distance, he's close. And then we see verse 27. Why? God is, God is doing a work. It's not about you, it's about him. Verse 27, so that they should seek the Lord. He did all that so people would seek him, pursue him in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. The point is, he is not far away. He can feel far away. He makes himself close. And I'm going to even use this term. He makes himself relevant. Ooh, you sure you want to use that word? Pastor, you're reading from an old book. You're reading from a or you're talking about an old faith, an old religion. 2,000 years ago is when Christ was here. You sure you want to say relevant? That's exactly what I want to say. He's as alive today as he was then. Just as alive. He gives us hope. He gives, see, there it is in verse 27. So that they should seek the Lord, be responsible with the truth and the light that is before you. Be responsible, pursue it. In the hope that they may grope for him. One professor of mine described it like this. The lost world apart from God. It's like a blind man in a dark room with no lights, with no doors and no windows trying to find a black hat. That, that's what the world is like groping for truth, groping for hope, groping for life ultimately. So verse 27, he's not distant, he's close. And then I want you to pick up in verse 28, because now Paul uses their own terminology. I love this, that he does this. Not because, ooh, he won an argument. Not because he's an apologist and he knows how to win an argument. Listen, 
Winning arguments doesn't win souls. That was a good spot for a... Winning arguments does not win souls. Christ wins souls. It's the truth of God's word. And so he picks up in verse 28 is where I want us to read. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, he's quoting their own poets, for we are all his offspring. Paul quotes their poets. Uh, don't, please don't make me enunciate these Greek poet names. There's a bunch of them that he's referring to. Paul is not saying that we all are spiritual children of God. That's not what he's saying. He's saying your own poets recognize that something else, someone else is allowing us to live and move and have our being. I love doing this, I love doing this spiritual exercise any, any chance I get to do it. And it's right now we're going to do it. You ready? Take a deep breath in and let it out. That was a gift. That was a gift. We are alive. We are a live being. We are alive. It's a gift from God. We get to move and be and have consciousness because of him. Something, someone is moving us is what Paul's saying. According to your own Greek philosophers is what he's saying. He's not, he's just sharing with them this very truth. But I do want to make a point, because the Bible makes this point very clear, and I don't want anybody confused out there. We are not all spiritual beings and children of God. Keep your finger there in Acts. Turn with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. John 1, 11. John 1, 11. We'll read 11, 12, and 13. I love it. I love this truth. It is so right there. It's so bookshelf level. Like this, it's either this or that. There's no, there's no wonkiness here. I looked that word up in the Greek, wonkiness. It's not there. That's only a Scotland word, apparently. John chapter 1, verse 11 says, He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. What does that mean? Jesus Christ, when he came to his earth, he came uh, from the nation of Israel to the nation of Israel, not all received him as such, but as many as receive him. Say many. many. Didn't say any, but many. That means you don't have to be of the nation of Israel to receive Christ. That's what that means. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So who are the children of God? Those who believe in his name who believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. By the way, verse 13 says, who were born not of, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It's a gift. It's a gift. Don't waste your time on this earth. It's, it's, we get so distracted. It's easily done how we can waste our time on this earth. So, the point is, faith in Christ makes you a spiritually awakened being before our God. Paul was pointing to the fatherhood of God created in his image. It's Genesis 1.26. Look with me in verse, go back to Acts 17. Look at me in verse 29. Are you keeping up? Are we good? Give me an amen. Get your seatbelts on. Let's go. Therefore, verse 29, therefore, since we are the offspring of God, how, do we, how are we the offspring of God? What did we just read in John? We are his, we have the right to become the children of God. As a believer, now, you, now you're a child of God. Guess what? Now we have a spiritual father. Now we have a daddy. Isn't that great? We have a place. We have an identity. We have an identity. Don't find your identity in anything other than him, believer. It'll, it'll, it'll fail you. It will fail you. Don't place your identity in how good you are at something or your talents. If that's your identity, when that talent begins to fail, your identity is going to fail. But when your identity is in Christ, he endures forever. Verse 29 says, Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think uh, that 
the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. In other words, don't think that we can recreate or create and place a deity within. Uh, Paul's logical conclusion, that's what he was saying earlier in 23 and 22 and 23. His logical conclusion in verse 29 is that God made us in his image. It's foolish to make God's in our image. Did you catch that? Don't make, why would we take God and want to put him in these corruptible images? We, want, we were made in his image. We flip that in our own mindset. You may think, well, Pastor Scott, I don't know about the idolatry stuff. I mean, that's not my deal. We talked about it last week, and yeah, we can find it in our stuff, our houses and cars and all these things. But I want you to think about this. I heard this last week, that sometimes our idolatry comes, and we didn't choose it, but it chose us. What's that mean? Apart from Christ, we're attracted to things. We're attracted to relationships. We're attracted to things that we think will make us happy, that we automatically, if I have this, I'll be happy, so it's got to be first and foremost in my life without even thinking about it. We see this in children and teenagers, and yes, even in ourselves. We get enamored with certain things that we just know will make us happy that end up being vanity of vanities. Verse 30 through 34. Here comes the, the, the application for us this morning. Here comes the application for the Athens, the, those that are in earshot of what's Paul saying. And by the way, there's quite a few. He's in the open-aired, on-trial kind of scene uh, in uh, Areopagus. So uh, verse 30 picks up the grace of God. He is our Savior. Verse 30 reads, Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. That's a heavy, heavy verse. Times of ignorance, God overlooked. What does that mean? You mean God overlooks sin? Is that what he's saying? Is that what's going on there? Keep your finger in Acts. Go forward to Romans chapter 3. We're used to going to Romans 3, 23. I'm going to have you go to Romans. How about Romans? Romans 3, 25. Go to Romans 3, 25, if you will. Keeping in mind where where Paul's talking about in times of ignorance, God overlooked. What, what is he referring to there? Romans 3, 25. Whom God set forth as a propitiation, a satisfier. Now, all that word propitiation means is it satisfies God's wrath. He satisfies. So whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, God had, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. So what in the world is he talking about in Acts 17, and now we're looking at, at Romans 3? In relationship to the cross, remember this, all sins were either past or future. In real time, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. In that three days, all Sins were either past or future. The point is, he came for sin, past, present, and future. Prior sin. Here's what he's saying in, in Acts 17. Your pr prior sin does not hold up salvation. How do we know that? Look, go back to verse uh, chapter 17 of Acts. Look in verse 30. Look how it ends. God in times of ignorance, God overlooked. But now, say now. now, that's a present tense. That's like, that, that word works now in real time. It'll work in 30 seconds and it worked 30 seconds ago. It worked for me, that word now worked for me when I fully turned from my sin and, and accepted Christ. It worked for me then, that was years ago. But now commands, see that word commands? All men everywhere to repent. But now, in real time, present tense time, he, the word is commands. It doesn't read, but now, sit down and let's have a conversation and let me reason with you and logically get you to come to Christ. 
Is there that element to coming to him? I think so. But that's not, we have to be careful that we're not too, we're not soft peddling the gospel message too much. We, we, you cannot soft pedal sin. We can't wink at it. We can't overlook it. But God says God did. That's not what he's, he didn't overlook any sin. He's holy. He can't do that. He cannot overlook a sin. It's paid for. But now it says in verse, in verse 30, but now commands all men, women, boys, and girls, commands them all everywhere to repent. That's a heavy word. There's a lot of churches this morning that are not going to touch that word. Not, not, at least not in its um, uh, uh, proper definition. You've heard it a thousand times from this pulpit. It means to turn from, to turn to. Turn from sin, turn from self, turn from the world, turn from evil. Turn to fully Christ and Christ alone. Turn to. Who remembers this terminology? There was a, a years ago, I think it was 70s, don't quote me on this, Pastor Rick loves these. I had uh, mentioned it Wednesday and he put one on my desk. A chick publication. Who knows what a chick publication is? All right. Chick, uh, that was the guy's last name. He would, uh, in a, a comic strip form, but it's not ha-ha funny, but in that format, he would write out little booklets. And they're real little booklets, 15 pages. And they were, um, uh, they were gospel message-driven and I had mentioned one on Wednesday called This Is Your Life. Remember that TV show, This Is Your Life? And, and in this booklet, black and white booklet, he drew it out. Um, he tells a story, and at the bottom of every page, he puts scripture with it. Okay? Chick publication. And Pastor Rick actually has that publication, and he put it on my desk. And I read it. It's heavy. It's heavy, but it's cartoon form. It's supposed to be funny. No, no, it's, it's written in a way to cause you to think. And it made me go back to the chick publications that I read. When I was, um, now again, I kind of grew up a religious mutt. I went to uh, assemblies, I went to Church of Christ because it was across the street. I went to Assemblies of God school and I went to a different church chasing the chicks. So I was kind of all, don't know what I believed. But when Jesus found me, all in, Bible-believing, but there was an area there where I, I as a 14-year-old, I really do think I accepted Christ, but man, I was, I was wonky. I was floating out there, and I would uh, fast forward to about 20. I would, uh, the chick publications, people would leave them around. When we were at a workplace. I grabbed one, kind of snuck, and was doing a little reading. Didn't sneak it, but I was kind of reading it. It scared me because that word repent and the way it read was always like the old school preachers repent repent and that's not a wrong way to present it by the way that is not a that is when you read these chick publications they're not wrong they're just it takes me in my heart to an uncomfortable place and that uncomfortable place is not that i don't like how he's saying it the uncomfortable place was, have I repented? When we read the Bible, the bulk of the people, when Christ was walking this earth, he wasn't sitting down and, and trying to convince them and woo them over to come to him. See, he, there, there's an element there that happens. What do you see of the people of the Bible in the parables? But also, as he walked, walked those three years on the earth, you saw people falling down saying, have mercy on me. They, they saw, when you see who he is, you're going to see who you're not. You're going to see the sin. All, the bulk of the pe Think about this. Bulk of the people in the New Testament, when Christ was walking the earth, they were throwing themselves at his mercy, those that were coming to him. They were throwing themselves at him, begging him, instead of, I don't know, i got to think about it some more. There's that too. There is that too. But there was that element of, have mercy on me. Think of the blind man that was healed. We're doing this in, in uh, John 9. Um, what did he do? He didn't know everything. All he knew is he was a sinner, and man, this guy saved me. That's all he knew. I once was blind, now I see. Times of ignorance got overlooked in relationship to the cross. Sins were either past or future. 
Remember that. Repent. God held back his righteous wrath against sin for the appointed time of the cross. Look in verse 31. Because he has appointed a day. Listen to that. He has appointed a day. God's timing is always perfect. Confusing to me. I don't get it. I look at Revelation. I go, Where's, where, so where are we at in here right now? God's timing is not. God, it would be better if you did it right now. I think it would work better if you do it my way. Like now would be the good time to move. God's timing is always perfect. Our timing is what's all out of whack because it's not aligned with him. Verse 31, because he has appointed a day. Two things I want to talk about here. He's talking about a day of judgment. We're going to touch on that in a minute. But remember this. He's talking about appointed a day when Christ would be on the cross. But listen, there is a day we need to consider for the believer. Listen to me. This is going to happen. Speaking to the Christian now, the genuine believer. You will stand before Christ at the beam of seat of Christ for your words and your actions and your motivations. You're, you're going to stand before him. That is a wake-up call for the Christian today. You may think, I knew it. I can't do anything right. That's not the point of it. The point of it is he wants to live out through us. Please don't view the Bible, the New Testament Bible-believing uh, church is going to rent, read and interpret and share it as a, a joy kill. That is not it at all. It's life-giving. Amen? Amen? Well, then look awake. It's life-giving. It's life-giving. So don't view it as a joy kill. It's a life-giving. He gives us life. But we will, as a believer, stand before Christ, the words and the actions and the motives. There's also something called a great white throne judgment that the unbeliever will stand before God as judge it's harsh it's heavy you will account for your deeds ultimately for the fact that you did not accept Christ as, as the Messiah and apply it to your life that appointed time let's pick it up in verse 31 because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man, M is capitalized, meaning Christ, whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead, referring to Christ. And what's so compelling about this portion of scripture is what it says in John chapter 5. I'm going to ask Brad to put John chapter 5, 22 on the screen, please. The proof of this judgment in verse 31. The proof of what is happening. He has appointed a day on which he will judge the world by righteousness by the man. Christ will judge whom he has ordained. At the cross, all sin was going to be paid for past, present, and future. All sin. You may think, well, Pastor, what about the sins I haven't committed yet? In the cross, at the cross, you weren't even thought of yet on earth from your mom and dad. He has given assurance, pow, by raising from the dead. Look in John chapter 5, verse 22. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. Okay, what's he referred to there? Jesus has all authority. All authority. He yielded his will to the Father, and the Father said, you have all authority. Verse 23. That all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father, he who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Deity. See what's going on there? Verse 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Let's sneak in verse uh, 25 as well. We'll probably go to 27. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead will hear the voice of God, the voice of the Son, God, the Son of God, and those who hear will, who hear will live. The proof of his judgment is the proof of the resurrection. Now watch verse 27 as well. 26. For as the Father has given life in himself, he so he has granted the Son to have 
life in himself, verse 27, and has given, himself, given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. The proof of his judgment is the proof of his resurrection. Think about that. There's a judgment that has to happen. There's a penalty that has already been paid. His resurrection. And there's the stumbling block. There's the stumbling. That is the one point that stumbles them up in that day. That is a point that stumbles people up today. It's a point that people receive today and receive grace in life. And it's a point that people in that day receive grace in life. You're going to see it here in just a moment. Watch what happens. As the verse moves forward in verse 30, 32, it says, And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, oh, it comes down to the resurrection again. Of all the things we can bicker and fight about in churches and, and theology and the Bible and, and this church believes that and this believes that, all the things we can bicker about is all secondary. Push all that aside to the resurrection. You either believe he rose from the dead and you have life or you do not. It boils down to this. When they had heard the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. While others said, we will hear you again on this matter. The doctrine of the resurrection, most members of that council, that was a council that he was speaking to, they couldn't accept that. Why? Greek philosophy taught that your body was a prison. It's, it's, it's a prison to us. Our souls are in here. Our spirits are in here. This body's holding. It's a prison. It's, it's evil. It's bad. Why raise a body only to cause it to live again if it's evil in their mindset? The sooner Their thinking was the sooner one left their body, the better. The problem is that ain't the truth. I said ain't on purpose. That isn't the truth. There were three responses. The same three responses that you're getting ready to hear about right now are the same three responses are going to be for you today. I love the Bible because it's new to a person that is new to the faith, new to seeking, new to the Christ. New, but it's, there's nothing new under the sun. This was thousands of years ago, and responses are the same. Verse 233, look at, look at the end result here. So Paul departed from among them. Paul left. However, some men joined him and believed. Others among them, Dionysius, the Areopagite, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Some mocked. Too far-fetched. Too crazy. It's, it's, it's just crazy talk. John Brinker and I, we mentioned this in Faithful Life. We talked about sometimes you're guilty by association, sometimes you're accepted by association. He had on, a, I don't know if it's a Crosspoint t-shirt, but a, a shirt nonetheless. It was Vacation Bible School. By the way, our Vacation Bible School starts in next Monday, a week from tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, it's here. It is here. Vacation Bible School, but he was walking with the Vacation Bible School t-shirt on, and he mentioned that one guy, he heard him behind him kind of making some snide remarks because of the scripture that was on the back. So I told John, you tell that guy, my pastor can beat up your pastor, is what I told him. Don't do that. Do not do that. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Let it go. But John's point was, all, I, all he had on was a shirt with scripture. That's it. And our scriptures are on purpose. They're not, you know, they have a point. And he said he was guilty by association because his shirt had scripture on it. And I said, yeah, sometimes we're accepted by association. He said, you know, the same thing happened that someone else saw a shirt and said cross point or whether it was a scripture and made a, an encouraging comment to him. So you're guilty or accepted sometimes just by association. I get that. I understand that. If you're going to live your life for Christ, you should have opposition. You're going to have opposition. Okay? This world is not going to be fair to you. I don't know if that's earth-shaking news to you. The world is not going to be fair to you. 
Why would they be? They don't. They're of the world. Others were more interested and wanted to hear more. Now, that's encouraging. But I want to remind you that we're not promised tomorrow. The book of James tells us that. We are not promised tomorrow. So if you're putting off things today that you need to be thinking about, considering... I would also add this. If, you need, if you're putting off something that you need to be resolved about and you're still kind of teetering, that's how I would also relate salvation, how it would relate your soul. If you're teetering about it, you need to be resolved about the gospel. But a small group accepted Christ. Dionysius, the Areopagite, that's the guy from the council, Demarius, and others. Which group are you kind of going to fall in today? It's a question only you can answer. If you compare the results of these three areas, Thessalonica, Berea, and Athens, you would conclude that Athens was a failure. You would say Athens was a failure. The Bereans, they sought out the scripture daily. That was awesome. And Thessalonica, they end up being a poster child for a local church later. But you would conclude of the three, well, Athens was just a failure. <laughs> well, that depends on your definition of spiritual success. It wasn't a failure to uh, Denisius. It wasn't a failure to the, uh, uh, Damaris. Spiritual success is not the proclamation of faith, but converts to the cross. To the cross. Converts to the cross. Spiritual success is, believing, is believers growing as well. Are you growing today? It's a question only you can answer. We have provided avenues for you to grow in your spiritual walk at Cross Point Baptist Church. Life Point Bible Study Groups, Wednesday night, Summer Surge. In fact, next Saturday, Fervent Meets. Yeah, next Saturday, our ladies are meeting. Vacation Bible School. Oh, what are you think? How could I grow at Vacation Bible School? I'm an adult. If you're a member of our church and you're a part of that, of, of leading, you, you can grow. You grow sometimes by being a leader and by being a teacher. You learn more. We always want to learn more than you're going to be able to teach, is what Pastor Rick taught me. Are you living in your heart? Are you living in the world of Athens? Do you have life and uh, immortality all figured out? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 says, Not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Well, I think we're in good company in this church. We're not mighty, we're not noble, we're people. We're everyday people that need the Lord just as much as the down and out and the up and out. The point is, people on Facebook that are watching, we need him first and foremost in our life. Without him, you're back to the blind man in a dark room with no windows, no lights, groping for a black hat. We're lost. We need him. We need to have him first and foremost in our lives. Let's bow for prayer, bow for applica personal application. personal application as we have proclaimed the word this morning. We don't want to do more with it than it was ever meant to be, and that is preached, proclaimed, and lived out. That's our goal. That's it. Preach, proclaimed, and, and, and we need to all live it out. We don't need to be creative with it and help it along. It doesn't need our help. I pray that the word this morning found its way to your heart. Dear God, as we lift this prayer to you and the people that are here in attendance, the members that are here, the people that are on Facebook, and, and even for the people that are going to watch us next week, we pray that you would move in their hearts. Pray that you would move in their lives, not by fancy words or personalities, but simply by the truth of your word, the comfort and conviction of your spirit. Move in our hearts. We're going to open the altar up now. We're going to sing a song and allow people to come and pray privately. Pray with a friend. Pray with somebody if they so desire. But it's a personal time of application. Make us your own as we make you our own. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.
Would you stand with Andrew as he leads us in this song? A beautiful time for you to come and make this personal in your life. And maybe even bring somebody with you. And then we're going to have a special prayer toward the end. If you would, come. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling Brad dismisses us in some announcements. I'm going to ask you to be seated for just a moment. We want to take an extra moment or two here to um, announce and encourage, but also as your pastor, I'm putting the plea out there for you to do this. Tomorrow morning, our teens leave for camp, rush camp. There are 17 total, correct? 17 total going for camp. That is a great number. That is a great number. It is a time, we call it a week, it's about 100 hours that, that they're, they're together. Uh, Brandon and Danielle will be leading them this week. I'm calling our church to prayer this week. I know what church camp, that time of getting away from the world did for me at that age. You heard me mention I was about 14 years old when I uh, accepted Christ. They need that time to be alone with their thoughts, to be alone with their own heart. 
So I'm encouraging the teens that are going tomorrow, right where you are, if you would, just stand up if you're going to camp and the leaders as well. We just want to have a prayer now. Um, I know uh, I know Spence is over in, uh, in the other one as well with Bible Quest. But as we think about this week, I don't want it to be nostalgic. I don't want to look back and go, this happened for me, it can happen for you. I want God to do something special in each and every life that's here. That's what I'm asking him to do. You're an individual, and God knows you. So let's bow for one last prayer before Brad concludes in announcements. Dear Lord, thank you for Cross Point Baptist Church. We're not all that, but you are. And as we humbly come before you, we ask you to take our youth group, take new life, take our, um, our faithful members, and undergird this week in prayer. Undergird this week, lifting up before you the need of the gospel message, the need of, 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 of foundational truth in the lives of our teenagers, and for Brandon and for Danielle. And Lord, strengthen them, give them the energy they need for the week as they lead, because them teens are watching. They're watching. Pray for Brian, who can't go to camp this week. We'll be working, but Lord, let him keep these teens on his mind, lifted constantly before you, because the truth is evil's out there. Temptation's out there. And I pray that this week would, would counteract against all that can come their way. Let it be your own church for new life as it relates to Cross Point Baptist Church. I lift this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Brad, if you would, conclude. As Pastor mentioned, continue to pray for our New Life uh, leaders and, and uh, students as they go to, to camp this week. Uh, they are going to meet right after the service to uh, give away shirts, but be praying for them, uh, praying for, for God to work in their hearts and their lives. Uh, a couple other big announcements. We have uh, VBS coming up, as Pastor mentioned, a week from tomorrow. Be sure to pay for your VBS T-shirts if you haven't done so already. Those are ten fifty per shirt, and it's a dollar extra for every X. So if it's a two XL, it'll be two dollars uh, extra, and so forth. If you have any questions about that, see Pastor Rick. We have a VBS set up on Saturday. Uh, that'll be from ten a.m. to noon here at the church. And then VBS will be next week, not this week, but next week, the 20th through the 24th, Monday through Friday, 6.30 to 8.45 p.m. Don't forget also, we have Facebook Live tonight at 7 o'clock, and Summer Surge, as Pastor mentioned, along with Sidewalk Talk on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. With that, you are dismissed. Busted a meth lab, a 